Blog Talk Radio. Hello and good afternoon and good evening to everyone out there. Welcome to Lottie with Clay and Company on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Lottie Miss Clay, and I'm coming at you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, with good news and bad news if necessary. This is the place to be and to get heard right here on Lardy Miss Clardy and company on Blog Talk Radio. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. That's what we all about here. All right, and I have a great show for you this evening or today, as we may say. And the hot topic today is we are talking about child support news in the trust factor, trust, accountability, and transparency, okay? And the question is, what happened and why the trust factor of the child enforcement systems never was established? And if it was established, that's another thing, but we are trying to find out what we can do to kindle or rekindle the trust factor with the child support uh, enforcement uh, systems and with our decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent autogorth. And I also have two guests that is on the show this evening. I have one that is Jamie Manning, who is a Christian divorce attorney in Columbus, Ohio. And as you know, for child support news is Brother Alpha C. Hills, okay? And let me see. So I think there might have been a little bit of, of uh, hello? Okay. What then happened now? Let me see what I can do to get Brother Alpha back on. As I said before, I have two guests, and I just spoke on Jamie Manning and also on Brother Alpha. Now, Brother Alpha, as you already know him to be, is our guest on the show every two weeks, every week. He's been with me forever, all right? So with that to say, I am just going to make a short introduction of Brother Alpha C. Hills, and let's see what we can come up with. All right, let's see here. So as we know, in the news, Child Support Alpha C. Hills, founder and president of and from Family First International, and he is our guest to discuss issues on what decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors face when going through the court systems and child support agencies and what we can do to support our decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors stay out of prisons and out of the villages and informing these systems to work with the general public on options, programs, jobs, for solutions to the problem. And I have with me, uh, as we speak, both guests, and I am first going to introduce you first to Mr. Alpha C. Hills. Are you on the line, brother? Are you on the line today? Brother Alpha? Hello, Brother Alpha. Are you on the line? Uh, okay, Brother Alpha, are you on the line today? 
Hello, Brother Alpha. Yes, hi, Sister Wendy. All right, I have Brother Alpha online, and I'm also going to chime in and also to see if Miss Jamie Manning is available. <clears throat> Are you online, Miss Miss Jamie? Are you online yes. this evening? Yes, All right. I am on the line. Okay, and thank you so much for both of you uh, coming on and being a part of uh, this program this evening as we are discussing about the trust factor. And I'll start with you, Brother uh, Alpha, Um, and the question would be this, if I may ask it. Uh, The question is, what happened and why the trust factor of the child support enforcement system never was established? Well, from the beginning, you know, it was uh, something that was definitely not beneficial. For mm-hmm. you know, when you look at when you look at the system and the way that they were putting the uh, the process together and utilizing their tactics, it would not have been beneficial for them to go ahead and build any type of trust because in the beginning, just like now, I should, uh, up to now, it's all about you know, collecting the money. You can't okay, you can't yeah. work effective you can't could not work effectively with these obligors and be their friend at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you look when when you're looking at when you're looking at the um the way that so many decent obligors has been abused over a period of time, that's mm-hmm. all that you know, we were ever asking. Work with us. Right. But every time, but when you go into the courts and what have you, and you're dealing with so much harsh tactics, it uh, made it virtually impossible. In other words, either you pay this this debt that you're obligated to, or this is what we're going to do to you. And the the measurement of punishment that was that's being employed is uh, more damning than it's more hindrance than anything else. Because you're wounding us in, in in our minds as well as in our hearts. So once okay. we so once we became once we become bitter, sky's the limit. All kind of stuff breaks loose and it starts yes. to happen. Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right, and I thank you for that um, that response. There, that's a really really great response uh, to start the show off with. And talking to Miss Jamie Manny. How do you feel about this subject on the trust factor, the accountability and uh, transparency with decent uh, obligors dealing with our child enforcement systems? How do you feel about was it ever established to have trust with them, or is it? Or are we coming to that at this point in time uh, now that? Um, you know, the voters in or whatever that might be. How do you feel about that? I got you. I would say exactly as Brother Alpha said, um, the system was not set up uh, for trust uh, to really have a place in there, and and I do understand that. Um, So what I would speak to is what each individual obligor can do and in his or her own situation. And in that, I would you 
have to remember that the people working at the child support enforcement agency, and remember that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they're there, mm-hmm. there to do, right? They're like a police officer, a support enforcement mm-hmm, that right. is their job, right? Mm-hmm. They're just people, and they're just people. And so while there are things that they get asked daily that they honestly do not know the answer to, they're sometimes okay. really just the clerk, just the person that works there. And mm-hmm. they are just people. They are sometimes then even in a defensive posture because they're expecting to be cussed out. Yes. By the way, the person has approached them. And so they are often then, no, not in a, a way really wanting to help you, right? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. would suggest okay. in your own power. When you approach the clerk, just remember they're just a regular person like you doing their job, and maybe they're having a bad day. And remember to really smile and be kind and ask them questions that they can answer, such as, okay. right, okay, listen, this is who I am, right, and you you show your ID, just go ahead and make it really clear, right? If you are yeah. going on behalf of uh, someone else, I would suggest having maybe a copy of that person's ID in a letter, right, yes. uh, saying that this other person can get the ID, right? Just be clear. This is who I am. I am okay. looking to get a copy, right? This is always the first thing you want to do, uh, of my records. Can you help me okay. with this? Can you help me with this? It's kind okay. of important, right? See well, if you get anywhere... Can I- Mm-hmm. Can I ask this question? Um, as for myself, um, I, I used to pay child support, you know, back in the early 90s. And, um, and at that time, uh, child support agencies with the case managers are there. Uh, I would ask certain questions of how much, you know, autonomy do they have to understand if uh, a person – uh, decides us. I'm, I'm pointing to myself on this one. Uh, say like you know, I have lost hours on my job that used to have me to where I am to pay child support consistently. But then, because I lost hours on the job, uh, because the job is, uh, you know, uh, moving away, uh, employers, employees, or different things of that sort and the uh-huh. downsizing, what, uh, what I got from the case managers at that time is that they didn't care. You know, you had this obligation to do, and you're going to do it, or you have to have your uh, your driver's license taken away from you. But at that point, all my wigs split at that point because it's like, uh-uh, no. I done paid child support three years straight, and I get this problem. This is what I get out of that. So what would you have to say about that do uh, case managers have some autonomy to be able to give some leeway for uh, for a person that they know that is a good obligor paying on time and stuff would give a, a small cushion to get themselves in order to pay uh, the way that they were based upon that information if it was something like that. Very good. 
and I would say for sure it is county by county, office by office, state by state, right? Mm-hmm. Because these mm-hmm. are all state-run programs. Yes. And so I would say, acting in your own best interest, always assume that that person can, right? Maybe they do have a little leeway, and they could show you some justice. Now, so the problem is that the courts actually do not control what the agencies do. That's the big issue. That's the now we're getting somewhere. Okay, so they don't. So they don't. So the courts don't have anything to do with that. Is that what you're saying? Right. Right. So what happens is it's, I hate to say don't have anything to do with it. Don't let me say that exactly. But the court, you can't, the judge can't make the agency give you your driver's license back. (laughs) Right, right. Right, right. Like the court can't do that, which is a sad thing because child support is a dual system, right? One, which is you can, do everything just through the agency administratively. You never actually have to go for it. Um, that really is a good thing in theory, right? And if you're unhappy really with the numbers, right, it's the numbers and the amount of the support that the court has some control over. The only thing you really can do is try to get to the court three to six months within the time that you know that your income changed. Mm-hmm. and trying to get it changed then. The problem is, yeah. right, nothing will happen retroactively. They wrote that into the law. So say you lost your job three years ago, and this uh, um, child support of $1,000 a month has mm-hmm. been building up, right? Yes. When you lost that job, you're supposed to start going to the court right away. If you don't have a new job in three months, mm-hmm. you need to start going to the court, to the agency, and saying, hey, something is different. I cannot continue to pay this amount of money. So I don't know what the law was in place then or the law in every state, but definitely um, at least in Ohio, and I imagine most places, there is a time you can go back and ask for a modification. And modification Mm -hmm. is the key. That's what you can do for yourself because enforcement and those archaic enforcement strategies, right, those kind of, the court really isn't in control of that. That's what the agency is there to do. Okay, let me, let me, let me uh, interject in. And Brother Asha, now hearing this information, how, how would you foresee this information, how it balances out, if anything, in your state? Well, it is state to state as uh, Sister Jane had uh, just stated. And within my state, it only works from day to day, any given day, how it's going to be implemented by any given person. Because mm-hmm. they ha- uh, the system has all the, 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 the uh, uh, support enforcement division has all thorough, all thorough uh, 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 ways of processing how they go about processing each individual case and yeah. and what it is is I can go there say uh tomorrow 
and explain to them, hey, listen, I'm not working, blase, blase, blase. Uh, yes. I can deal with the the most raunchiest clerk that is not <laughs> helpful and mm-hmm. wants to go about their business. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they want me to hurry up and get away from their desk and and personally kicking in some of that personal attitude <laughs> that comes along into the, the, the job with them as they're mm-hmm. working with me because they're mm-hmm. thinking about maybe their girlfriends or what their boyfriend's mother is putting them through and what I see all that factors in. What it comes down to is what where is the training for these clerks that processes these cases? What type of ongoing training are they going through, even on the sympathetic side? If you, if you train people accordingly, they should have a better feel to have some compassion and some, show some empathy as walking in my shoes once I sit mm-hmm. down with you to explain mm-hmm. myself and what's going mm-hmm. on. But, do, mm-hmm. but do not come to me <laughs> and attack me. Don't attack me because I'm sitting down with you and I'm not telling you what you want to hear. Because at the end of the day, I am a person just like you. Treat me as mm-hmm. you would like to be mm-hmm. treated. And from yes. what I'm get, getting from you, I don't think that's honestly the way you want to be treated. But you are in that capacity to do this kind of damage. But you don't really see the true damage that you're doing because when I leave your office, I may want to go and get my kids and do some damage. I may want to go look for my kid's mother, do some damage. I may want to go down mm-hmm. the... You, you know what I'm saying. You've seen the uh-huh. horror uh-huh. story. Uh-huh. So Let's cancel out a a lot of this kind of stuff. It starts with the attitude. Your professionalism is what's taught when you go to get jobs in whatever capacity. They always explain, show some professionalism about yourself. Don't Mm -hmm. come in Mm -hmm. here. Leave that outside stuff on the other side of the door because when you come in here, conduct business accordingly. And then if you have to pick it up when you leave, it'll be at the doorstep waiting for you as you leave. But when you're dealing Mm -hmm. with people deal with us as a the individual as a person a meaningful person now on the flip side of that i know that they deal with a lot of people that don't care they never did care they don't want to take care of their business accordingly and do right by the kids mm-hmm. and what have you we they have a name for those people uh, but mm-hmm. guess what everybody is not that person mm-hmm. everybody's not a deadbeat so don't Go off the top by recognizing, oh, well, you can't pay your child support, so there's nothing for us to lock you up because you're no good to your family. So what good would you be to us? You can't pay uh-huh. nothing, so send uh-huh. you to jail. Uh, you know, and there's uh-huh. more involved in that, but you get the gist of it. All right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's look at it like this. Now, I want to I wanna say that, you know, hearing this from two different states, and seeing that there is some similarities uh, between, even though we're talking from state to state, but there is a common factor here is how the case managers are uh, conducting themselves with the obligors that they face day-to-day duties with. And Uh we also know that uh, they have a, a list. If, if I could call it that, you know, where who they know the difference, who who is paying, uh, being obligated to pay their bills, and who is not wanting to pay their obligations. On the other hand, and I'm sure that they do know this, but as I hear from Brother Alpha as he is speaking, is that why uh, why lump 
together decent people that they know that's uh, uh, consistent in paying their obligations, although they're having trouble, whether it comes from the economic system point of view where there's hardly no jobs down to an employer downsizing and they just happen to be the it, especially if they are, uh, you know, just coming in and they don't have no seniority, okay, the jobs is an issue. Also, it also is an issue in how because of the, may I put it out there, as the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act, uh, there is no demarcation between uh, what is a deadbeat versus what is a decent, but all around the states that do carry uh, child support agencies uh, or that system, as to say, they do have paper uh, trail that show who is who and who do what. So to ask a question, and I want to thank the both of you for being forthright in bringing this information because until we talk about this and, and get a common ground on this, I don't believe that there uh, will be, uh, you know, we'll never talk about it because it is not a subject that is readily, uh, you know, accepted. So, mm-hmm. well, you know what? I would like to say, go, go, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Do remember that the enforcement agency really is a police agency. And when they mm-hmm. instituted that crazy law, the one you're talking about, right, that Deadbeat mm-hmm. Punishment Act, that does mm-hmm. not, in fact, do what you say, right, to make, mm-hmm. any, make any demarcation, right, between what mm-hmm. an actual deadbeat is, which were one or two different people that were actually probably out there bouncing around from state to state. It was not everybody. Yep. Okay, that's some kind of image that they were putting out there, kind Absolutely. of very much like the welfare queen. This Absolutely. is not a person that represents <laughs> all of them, right? Absolutely. This is just one guy. So the problem really is the agency itself, and I hadn't thought about Absolutely. it deep like that until you brought it out there, because the point is, you right. understand, the state agencies make their money by enforcing it. They make money Absolutely. by enforcing it. But it's a way to enforce it where it's more user-friendly them. is what I'm specifically saying. And see, oh, when, the trust factor, when the trust factor has been broken comes by way of, you've been threatening me all my <laughs> days that I've been involved in the child support arena, you've never come to me and said, let me help you out, let me render some positive services for you. You've only beat me up to beat me down, and now all of a sudden, here you come, and it's like a bully. You bullied me all my days, and now all of a sudden, today you're going to take a break, and you're going to say, oh, I'm, a, I'm your friend today just to bully me again tomorrow. So can well, you honestly... Well, here, excuse me. Well, here, 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 here what Jamie is saying, because... Uh, I believe that she is on the same page with you on that subject. I know that, you know, all of us that, you know, have been through with the Child Support Enforcement Agency, which she is saying is a policing agency, and we know that there still should be some type of training, like you said, Brother Alpha, is that, you know, there's supposed to be some customer service in there where there's some understanding to the fact. Now, Miss Janie, I did hear you say that uh, the courts can't really, they can, but they really don't uh, regulate what that agency or that system does. 
And where right. you coming All, from, I right. need to hear hear that. I, I do hear that. So can you can you uh, uh, break that down a little bit more where, you know, okay. I can understand it and the gotcha. other hearers can too. Thank you. Very good. Okay, so here we go. So your first thing is the child support gets set, right? You become an obligor. So right mm-hmm. when that system happened, uh, too often the obligor was not even involved, right? That that's mm. the first burn, right? So it was not even able to present the information that says, hey, this is my income, and to really kind of understand what was happening, get an opp- opportunity to maybe negotiate a downward deviation or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now there's really an order out there against you that's for a mildly right. And it mm-hmm. could have been running for however long before you even know it's running, Right. And all of that time, the agency, the right, the enforcement agency is is trying to collect this money. What you can do is go to the agency, or you can go to the court and say, "Hey, the amount of the amount of this order needs to be changed. I cannot pay this thousand dollars a month. I cannot do this." Right? You can go to the court and say that and show them your actual numbers, right, and get a modification. The problem is modifications are only good from this day forward. Right. They don't count from all those days before, and so you get into this whole rearage situation, right? Now, if you're at least at the court, this is why proactive can help you, right? The court, you can make a deal with the court to pay the arrears, Right, that is the only deal you can make, pay, make. It's like taxes, right? I, I can agree to pay you. <laughs> but if you agree to pay, then they're not going to be doing enforcement activity against you. That's how you can get in front of it. The problem is most people don't consider going in for a change until after the enforcement activity has already started. Mm-hmm. Now you can go to the court and get the court to intervene on something that already happened. Mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. get you can change right the order from this day forward, but you don't have any control over the past. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So, Brother Alpha. Yes, I, I I totally agree, but we're still missing the one key component. Okay, that as is to why this doesn't occur. Why this doesn't bring in. Place. Okay, well, say that again. Repeat that again, please. I, I, I totally agree with the process. That's right on. That's right on point. But the problem at hand is we're still looking at the reason why it does not happen. See, people, especially when you get older, you become a lot more, uh, how they say, non-confrontational. And between mm-hmm. the stories and that you've read or heard or whatever the case may be, or you, it may have been your story personally, and when you get you've been abused and locked up, and you know what the court child support has the tendency to do. So mm-hmm. when you go to court, even though you know you need to handle this, but at any given point in time, you can be locked up. So you don't want to go into a hostile, confrontational environment so at the end of the day, instead of walking out the door in which you entered, you're walking out the exit back door because they got you in handcuffs. You see, it starts internally. It doesn't start with the person. We get it. We know what we need to be doing. But if Mm -hmm. you're just going to treat me like you've always been treating me, 
we need you to get that. We don't want confrontation. We don't want to be here to fight with you. We don't want to go into uh, a, a, a hostile environment and go, hooting and hollering with you. It's unnecessary. We've already admitted to the to the fact that we recognize we have this obligation. But if I'm not telling you what you expect to hear by way of can I afford to pay, no, I can't, you don't need enforcement for me. I just came to sit down with you clearly and said I can't afford to pay it. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pay it because I'm looking for a job, but I can't make anyone hire me. So you guys are just going to have to give me some time. Okay, let me let me interject there. So what you are saying, Brother Alpha, is this. Before it hits the courts, uh, before you go to the court magistrate and say, look, this is the issue, uh, you want to stop it right there at the agency where first the case manager is the one that knows the situation if it's not heard at that level to the court system before the judge get a hold of it. But if they're not listening at the point A, at the gate of the of the system, even though it's a policing system, but you're telling the subject matter right there where first point A starts. And if they're not listening and they say, well, sorry for your luck, we're going to court with this, then when it does hit the court system, uh, well, there is not much to do about it because you have the uh, the liaison, you know, talking uh, to the court system. In other words, that's what I would call the policing system, a liaison that's talking about what this person has not done, and there need to be some uh, measures done with that. But I want to change the subject just slightly because now when we talk about that and say that an obligor ends up in jail, all right, and and now that it is election time and those that have faced going to jail and those that have come out of jail, uh, the question would be, here, a two-part question, and you both can answer it, and we only have a small amount of minutes left, but if I can get this out to get your opinions about this, it would be great. Do you think that the changes that's being made in the child support uh, arena is happening at this point and at this time? Do you think it has anything to do with Hillary Clinton, uh, her presidency, or her candidacy, uh, about the programs that's out now addressing, you know, the uh, uh, the compromise of arrears, offers of uh, parenting classes, and job training. And the second one would be um, for those that have been to jail and those that are coming out of jail and it's election time, uh, how does this affect the constitutional right to vote for the obligors? Now, y'all can, uh, Jamie, ah, um, there you go. y'all can take us from there. All right. I would like to address the constitutional right to vote right away because I, I looked that up and I thought it was a very good question, right? So Thank that you. issue really is um, state by state. And so uh, the states are divided up into like five or six different levels. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just going to tell you a couple of them. I'm getting this information from ACLU.org, um, right? 
Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if you live in New York, California, or Colorado, if you are in prison or on parole, you cannot vote. So mm. that does affect you, okay? If yep. you are in um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, North Dakota, Montana, Utah, with Oregon, Rhode Island, Maryland, um, which are the best places. You can vote unless you're in prison. Only if you're actually locked up. That's the only reason you can't vote. As long as okay. you are on the street and able to go to the poll, you can vote. Um, there are, okay. however, two states, Iowa and Florida, where once you have a felony conviction, you are permanently yes. disenfranchised. So you're labeled. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Wow. Yes. Okay. Wow. So and I think uh, I saw that know, in North Carolina somewhere, too, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you very, very much for that information because that is a question that is going around, you know, uh, seeing that, you know, we have Hillary Clinton that is out there uh, as a presidential candidacy for the seat and her husband who has uh, established the Debbie Parent Punishment Act of 1996, um, you know, um, I myself don't understand why no one is 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 bringing this up because this is a major hit. There's a lot of deaths that's going on behind it. I'm not saying that you know that that act was not important. Uh, when they did it, but maybe they might not have looked at the future tips of what could have happened to other families that have been uh, all enveloped in this, especially when we're talking about demarcating. All they did was just everybody that's an obligor, you know, have to go by this law, whether, you know, you're doing your job or you're not. This is it. And I don't think that is fair. You know, and I do feel like that it needs some amending. Um, any feedback? Yeah, the issue is, right, it's administrative agencies in themselves are kind of a problem, you know. Like we mm-hmm. probably do need to get together and, and go back to the legislature. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. That, yeah. Well, even in the legislature, some of, some of that legislation is actually – the starting point of a lot of these dwindled down, watered down, uh, enacted laws. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of your legislators, especially on the child support side, you know. And I'm just mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I'm just throw, I'm just throwing this little piece out there because see, child support is not new in any aspect, but and there has been other legislators, clerks, attorneys, uh, everyone that's worked in that arena that has started this in different Mm -hmm. capacities. They have talked about what's going on, the not-so-good things that's going on in this child Mm -hmm. support area. And Mm -hmm. and it's been for many of years. But it's not as if people have not gone before their respective legislators, but just to come to find out that there's always a hidden agenda and there's always – some type, something happening uh, behind the scenes that we're not privy mm-hmm. to know about. The reason mm-hmm. why it is advantageous for them to continue to do what they do and how they do it to keep this thing all wrong. Yes. If we mm-hmm. had the, if we, if 
the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act was enacted upon in its true authoritiveness, we would have we we would have done a whole lot better by way of getting more people instead of running. They would have been coming out of the woodworks, knocking the doors of support enforcement down in a hurry to get in line, take a number, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, so I can handle my case, if it would have been utilized correctly. But because the intended, uh, the intentions of that Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act was all about inflicting more pain, hurt, harm, and danger, it was very easy for people that had a play and a say within this arena to do this thing and keep it all wrong and use that policing mm-hmm. agency. See, mm-hmm. when you have the appropriate programs to assist the appropriate persons, they will come to you free willingly in a hurry and feel good about, hey, I'm finally going to get this thing taken care of and I don't have to worry about somebody kicking my door in looking for me or setting me up with, a, you know, through a sting or something, mm-hmm. trying to corral me, you know. And, and that's where uh, 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 I come in, and, and you as well, Sister Janie, through your programs, which I applaud mm-hmm. you for, uh, mm-hmm. because we have those user-friendly type of programs, per se. Mm-hmm. They don't happen at uh, uh, your area barber shops come on in and sit down and let's talk and hold hands. They don't happen at parenting groups. Uh, talk to your peers and this, that, and the other. Listen, uh, first of all, I'm a grown, godly man. You can't teach me nothing. My parents already took care of that part. In the village, they ha- they help nurture this product. Okay, so I got that. The part that's missing is when you don't have proper employment, it throws you out of balance. It throws you out of kilter as a, as a genuine parent. It does things to you. So when you have to go and you start dealing with your child support issues and you know what to expect from these guys, that's why we need these type of user-friendly programs as a door opener so we can walk with these people, go and help and sit down with them. Uh, not just discuss your issue, but also help you rectify your issue and give you that peace of mind. Give you peace. That's the right. problem, That's I think, right. Brother Alpha, is is we don't, when the programs are there, there's still the distrust that was sowed mm-hmm. at the very beginning, mm-hmm. right, which kind of puts us mm-hmm. back in that same cycle. And so mm-hmm. just my advice again then is to each individual because systematically there are problems. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. But individually, you know, I want you to approach your situation proactively, just like Brother Alpha is saying there should be programs available for you to run down there. Mm-hmm. Run to the mm-hmm. agency and say, Hey, here's what I'm trying to set up, here's what I can do. I say proactively act that way. Do go to the agency, and if they're not receptive, then you go to the court. Get your orders established. You get in charge of getting the amount set in the way they take it set so that they're not doing it to you. But you do have to get in front of them. Okay. You you, you have to. Yes, one way or another. And I just just want to be able to interject. We don't have many minutes left here. And I just want to ask this last question because it falls right in line to uh, the question that I need to ask is, how do we go about kindling or rekindling the trust factor between uh, disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors 
and the child support enforcement system. Now, two minutes between you two, and you know we can vamp out and we can start another show in two weeks from now and, you know, call for others to collaborate and be involved with this because these are very important. Uh, this is a, a very important issue. I'll start with you, uh, Brother Alpha. Well, well, I think that that's uh, something that's very easy to do. Between our user-friendly programs, <clears throat> which allows an open-door opportunity for these obligors to walk into and get the proper customer uh, relations built, customer service, uh, mm-hmm. build trust with us. And if you don't want to deal directly with the system on your own, we'll walk mm-hmm. this walk with you. And collaboratively, working with the churches, who plays a significant part in this by way of when it's preached from the pulpit that uh, family family that stays that uh, prays together stays together. Don't talk about it. Be about it. So mm-hmm. when when we collaborate with the uh, the churches and let the churches also uh, interject by way of not just taking the men. Uh, it's a reunification process. I'm not saying that the two parents have to get married or remarried or what have you. We just need to get them settled down and get them to a point where they can learn to talk to one another and not always act one another and be accountable Mm -hmm. for what's in the best interest of the child. So everybody's got a part to play. That's how how I would go about reestablishing the trust because we're doing it uh, collectively with the uh, the families as well as the churches get the people that's left their churches now to start coming back and what have you in uh, other things so it's it, it's something that would gel itself back together accordingly from this starting point but give me a, right. give me and something to work with yes thank you thank you brother Alpha and uh, Jamie how do you feel about this how do we kindle or we can to kindle the trust factor between decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligors and the child support enforcement system. What's your take on it? Very good. I would say the one thing is that um, the the decent obligor has to uh, really own that position, even even though you're in a system where other people are trying to te- treat you like a deadbeat and you know you're not. You know, just kind of really own your power. Um, And I do agree 100% that co-parenting is the answer because even though child support being your financial obligations to your children and especially the health insurance issue, because remember it is still a money system. I mean, that is a fact. And those are separate from your ability to make decisions about your children and spend time with your children. Um, And even though those systems do not intersect, they do run together. And so make sure that you can work with the other parent. Um, At my workshop, Co-Parenting, Tools to Make It Work, um, I offer it here in Columbus. The next one will be April 23rd. I do. I offer practical skills for how to work or manage your relationship with the other parent. It's exactly as Brother Alpha said. We're not asking you to get married. In fact, you may not even like each other. But I want you to love the child, okay? I want you to love the child more than you hate each other. You know, and here are some ways um, to make that happen, you know, and just helping the people to understand. Come from the fact that you don't like each other. Do you know what I mean? Come from that way. And now, how do I move from here? You know, come from the point that 
you do have to pay her um, child support and you think it's too much. Maybe, but you but you do have to pay it. Let's come from there. How can you right. be involved enough to make sure that at least your child is well taken care of? It is this All much. right. <laughs> Money. May, I, may, I, may I just have uh, a little, uh, just a, a second? A second, One, because it's on its way. We're on our way off the oh, air. Well, you know what? We'll pick it up on the next show. We'll pick it up Absolutely. on the next show. Absolutely. And okay. I want to thank both you, Jamie, uh, Manning, and Brother Alpha for coming on to Lottie Miss Cardi and Company on Blog Talk Radio and discussing the issues on uh it's our business to, share, to tell your business on child support news. Uh, we will pick this back up in a couple of weeks from now, uh, being that I'll get that appointment ready. And, uh, and I just want to let you know here is out there, we care about you. We just want you to be uh, on this show and learn what to do to be uh, equipped to handle your business as an obligor. All right? And so... Thank you for everybody for being a part of the Marty Miss Cardi and Company on Blog You're Talk welcome. Radio. Have a good evening. Good night. All right. Good night. <laughs>